thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 218 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So we've probably all heard the term that running is 90% mental, but do you actually train your mental side? Do you spend any time training your mental skills and mental strategies for you to succeed? Today we're talking about the importance of the mind game when it comes to running success. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so before we get started, quick announcement. We are running our five-day running challenge again next week, live September 27th through October 1st, 2021. So if you are catching this episode when it's released, it's happening next week. If you're catching this in the future and it's still sometime between September 27th and October 1st of 2021, you can jump in and register and join us for that free five-day running challenge. You can register and sign up over at 5dayrunningchallenge.com. We will be teaching you how to train mind, body, and skills for success. We will be helping you learn the most effective method for you to run faster, run longer, achieve your goals, and do it all without injury, boredom, or wasting your time. Yeah. If you're catching this well in the future, just head over to our website at realliferunners.com and see what challenge we're going with this time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we (laughs) always have tons of free resources to help you guys out. That is part of what we do here at Real Life Runners. It is our job. It is our mission to help runners understand better ways to train, ways that are made for you and your body and your running journey because every single runner is different. And yes, there are concepts that apply to most, if not all runners. And that's what we're going to help teach you because a lot of the information out in the running world is just not correct. Some of the, a lot of the things that you have heard before are old fashioned ways to train that have since been debunked and updated with new research methods and new, um, ways that we can understand running and running success. So, if you are not where you want to be with your running, if you think that there's more for you, if you think that you would like to improve your running in some way, whether that's to run faster or run longer or just to feel better while running, if running just kind of hurts and leaves your body kind of feeling broken, there's a better way to do it. You know, we we can help you train with joy and with just helping make running make you feel good as a person. Right. Running should make you feel good as a person. And then as you feel good running, then you just become a better person. And that's, you know, also the mission that we're here for is to make you better people through the world of running. Right. And that that's what a lot of today's episode is about. It's, it's really training the mental aspect of running because you can train the mental aspect of running. But before we get into today, again, just wanted to repeat five day running challenge.com. Go get yourself signed up for that free challenge. We've got lessons for you guys. We've got specific things that you can put into action next week so that you can actually see a difference in your running at the end of that five days. Okay. This is not just like us teaching you a bunch of fluff that may or may not work. Like we're going to give you specific actions that you can put into place so you can figure out those weak areas and then know what you need to do to start to work on strengthening them. I mean, that's how the the challenge actually works is you got to have some sort of success at the end of it. That's what you're showing up to is I want to benefit at the end of this thing. For sure. Benefits are coming. Yeah. We're not here to waste your time. You know, like we, we understand that you are a real life runner and that you've got a lot of demands on your time. So we have made this challenge 
you know, we've whittled it down and given you five really, really important things that we're going to do one each day next week. So again, five day running challenge.com. Go get yourself signed up on to today's episode. Yeah. Speaking of not wasting time, let's roll on to yeah. this thing. All right. So today's episode is all about the importance of the mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, we like to talk here at Real Life Runners as running really involves mind, body, and skills. And in this episode, we're kind of want to dive into the whole idea that the mind is super important. If your mind is not in it correctly, if you're not training and incorporating the mental aspect of it, your training is just going to fall flat. For sure. And like, you know, like Kevin said, mind, body, and skills, that is the real life runner's training method. That is the framework that we have developed over our 15 plus years of working with runners because we understand that like if you're missing one of those components, something's off, right? There's not, you're not going to reach your full potential unless you have all three components because the three-legged stool is like one of the greatest analogies that we like to use when we explain this. And Kevin, the physics teacher, is the one that first brought this to my attention. Right. You can't wobble if you're on a three-legged stool. It's impossible. You can totally fall over on a two-legged stool. Good luck balancing on a one-legged stool. But if you have a three-legged stool, it's impossible to, to wobble. It's about as stable of a surface as you can. That's why tripods are so perfect. But another way of looking at this, besides the whole three-legged stool of make sure that you're strengthening the mind, the body, the skills is that you're essentially when you go out and you train in whatever aspect that you're filling up buckets okay and you can get a whole lot more training benefits if you're filling three different buckets than if you keep putting all of your training into the same bucket it can only hold so much so keep filling all of your buckets use your training to improve skills use your training to improve your mind use your training to improve your body fill all the buckets you're going to get in a whole heck of a lot better shape than just pouring everything into one right because there is a limit if you're only training one aspect and we're going to go into that right now to you know if you're only focusing on your skills or you're only focusing on your body and you're kind of just letting the mind wander and do what it wants to do. Like your mind when unchecked is like a toddler. Okay. Your, (laughs) your brain is like a toddler that's constantly seeking pleasure and trying to avoid pain. And this is why so many people have difficulty with finding, trying to find motivation, right? There are so many runners out there that think I just need to get more motivated. I need to find motivation. But motivation is not actually the key. The key is actually training your brain for success. It's getting control over your thoughts because your thoughts are what lead to the results that you're going to have in your life. So if you're only training the other aspects and kind of neglecting training your mind, and there are specific ways that you can actually train your mind to do more of what you want it to do, to think thoughts that are actually going to help you get the results that you're looking for. And if you just completely ignore it, you're not going to have the result, all of the potential results that you want in your life. No, you're really missing out on a large amount of potential. Yeah. If you if you kind of ignore the mind, you're like, ah, as long as I just train really hard, mm-hmm. this is just going to lead to success. Or it'll take care of itself. It'll take care of itself. Right. That's how I used to go with this. Of, yeah. You know, I just need to run harder. I need to, you know, lift more, like whatever it is that you're training. If you just need to do more of it and more intensely mm-hmm. and just 
and build that toughness, right? Yes. Build mental toughness. If I just push harder, if I just keep going, I'm going to build that mental toughness. Yes, the mental toughness will naturally follow along with, you know, my hurt knees and my my bad Mm -hmm. back. And the mental toughness will follow it because once I have that injury and I just just keep pushing through the injury, that's a sign of mental toughness also. And that's not exactly how you train the mind. Well, that's not how it works, right? (laughs) Like people think that they get mental toughness because of doing the hard thing but that's not actually how the world works like you don't get the thought like the toughness that feeling from an action that you take you actually get that feeling of toughness from the thoughts that you're thinking so you might be pushing through a workout but it's because of whatever you're thinking that's giving you that feeling of toughness it's not actually the action of pushing pushing through the thought that you're thinking is giving you that feeling of toughness which is allowing you to complete the action of pushing through those hard workouts and then at the end of the workout you're like wow i was really tough in that and Mm -hmm. it just reinforces that toughness is a quality that you have right so you can continue to enhance it yes but finishing that workout did not suddenly create toughness in you well correct correct because your results can then reinforce your thoughts yes right like your your results then become like your new circumstances and can reinforce those thoughts, but they're not the creator of those thoughts. Yes, yes, that makes sense. All right, so let's go into some of the limitations if you are neglecting the mind first, like because we want you guys to understand really just how important the mind is when it comes to mental training, and then we'll talk about how to you know be more effective at training the mental component. Excellent. All right. So the first way of of kind of approaching your running training is essentially the skills only approach. And in this aspect, essentially training to run and to be as fast as you can is simply a matter of seeking out the magic training plan. Right. And this is where a lot of runners get stuck and I mean, a lot of runners can be here for years, right? They just think like, as if I just have the right plan, then I'll be able to achieve the results that I want. There's a lot of coaches that can get stuck here for years also. Oh, for sure. That They're like, okay, I figured out the plan. Look, I did this with this team yeah. and they had great results. So clearly the plan is perfect. And then they get new athletes that come in and the magic plan doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And so then clearly it wasn't the plan's fault because the plan has worked before. Blame the athletes because mm-hmm. the plan was magic. It has been successful in the past. So now you just have the wrong athletes. Right. And then, you know, if you do miss your goal, like if you follow the plan and don't achieve the goal, then you can blame the plan, right? Or the things that came up, the external circumstances that knocked you off the plan that were outside of your control. Oh yeah. You stand there at the finish line, looking at the clock saying, that's not correct. It's (laughs) clearly the plan's fault. This was not my fault. Mm -hmm. It it gives you this built-in thing of, it wasn't me. It was the plan or it wasn't me. I got swamped at work and I missed that week of the plan. The plan was perfect, but I missed that week or I got sick and I wasn't able to do that thing. And so if I just do the plan better, then I'll have better better results. Right. Or uh, the plan was working perfectly until my knee started to act up. Sure. But instead of actually thinking, hmm, 
was that plan a little too much that caused the knee pain to act up? You're like, oh no, it was the knee pain that threw me off my plan. Right, because you you can't deviate from the plan. That's that's the key is you've already accepted the plan is perfect. And so whatever comes up, you do your absolute best to never deviate from it. So then if you do, you blame whatever caused you to, to fall off the plan. Well, and you know, we have talked about the importance of buying in fully to the plan that you choose, right? Totally. So there is definitely that aspect of it. Like if you do choose a plan, it is important to go all in and have a strong belief in that plan. So that's not what we're saying here. You know, we're not telling you don't believe in the plan or constantly question the plan. We're just saying that when athletes are only thinking about running skills, they tend to focus on the plan and the oftentimes that plan has them like the exact paces that they need to, to hit, right? Because when we talk about running skills, things that are included in that are hitting paces, like learning how to pace yourself. That's a skill that can be learned, right? Running form is another really big skill that we teach our, um, our athletes about in, in the skills section of the real life runners training Academy. And so like, you'll hear a lot of runners be like, Oh, well, I'm a heel striker and I'm trying to change to a midfoot strike because that's going to alleviate all of my problems, alleviate all my problems. And I will immediately drop three minutes off of my 5k time. If I could just figure out how to land on my Mm -hmm. forefoot. Right. Or if I could just hit those paces, like, Oh, I had this workout. I was doing half mile repeats and I missed the paces. So that's why I didn't get the result that I want. Right. And then you dive into the thing and it's like, well, okay, the pace said you were doing half mile repeats and each repeat was supposed to be in four minutes. And you check the thing and it's like, yeah, you hit 401, 401, 359, and 402. I mean, and clearly that's the same thing, but like, mm-hmm. even if it's off a little bit, right? Even if you're hitting them at like 415, yes, right? Like people that can hit them in paces that are, you know, what are more off of the goal pace and they're like, oh, then they can take that as proof that maybe they're not good enough, right? Or because I'm not hitting the workout, now I have doubts about my ability for the race. Yes, yes. Then the workout leads to, to your own issues and you can pretend that, that's not a mental issue, but all of that just goes straight to your thoughts. 100%. Like this is, well, I I believe fully in the plan, so I have to follow the plan. That's a thought. Mm-hmm. Or I miss the paces in that workout, so now I'm, I might as well not even try the plan anymore. I'm going to fail at the workout. I'm going to fail at the race. That's also a thought. And it's right. just setting you up to pretend as though the mind isn't important. But in fact, it's following you all over the place because, you know, it's your mind and it's kind of built in there built in there so that's that that's an excellent point right it isn't the actual skill it's not the actual plan or the running form or all of that it's what you're thinking about the importance of those things as they lead to your success right and so that's the problem that a lot of runners find if they're only focusing on like pacing and plans and running form and they're not you know also seeing how their thoughts are affecting how they are perceiving all of those things within their training as well. Right. It's a kind of a more meta approach to this is not just saying I hit the workout or I didn't hit the workout, but what does that, what does that mean? It takes a a bigger approach to it. How am I feeling because I hit that workout Mm -hmm. or like the bigger life issues of 
how was I physically feeling heading into that workout? Yeah. How was I mentally feeling heading into that workout? Because that also affects things like whether you're able to hit paces or not. 100%. So after we talk about like the skills only approach, then we go into the body only approach. So there are runners out there that really just focus on training their bodies. You know, they don't necessarily think about pacing as much or they don't necessarily think about their running form. They just think about running as a way for them to get in better shape. Running is a way for them to improve their health. And so they understand that there's more to do than just run, right? So they probably integrate some strength training. They probably integrate cross training. They understand that like they're doing this for their body, but that's really the main reason that they're doing all of it. Right. Everything's for the body. So if you want to cross train, okay, sure. Now I'm, now I'm into cycling. Now I'm going to start biking more often during the week. This has two issues. One, you could then start trying to do too many things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you're like, well, I want to do this aspect of cross training and that aspect of cross training. And I mean, you can flip and become a triathlete. Yeah. That'll work. Um, but sometimes you just get caught up in, well, I want to take like this, I don't know, hit class. And then I also want to go run on this day and it can just become so many things. The other side is to try and fit it all in sometimes just starts feeling tired and you're paying attention to your body because the overall goal is health that you never really go very big on any one aspect. Mm -hmm. You're like, you're spread too too wide essentially right so that makes it more difficult to reach specific goals that you had so if you do have running goals like if you are the kind of person that wants to get faster you know say you're trying to improve your 5k time or your half marathon time but you're also focusing on all of these other aspects like I you know I I do cycling and I also do weight training I also do this and do that and you have all these activities that you're doing that's fine. You know, we're not saying that that's a bad way to train. We're just saying that understand that that when you focus on so many different aspects, it can be more difficult for you to hit more specific goals. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like this is a really healthy way to train Totally. when your goal is purely healthy and fitness, right? <laughs> fitness. Just getting in better shape. And there are some people that just want to be in really good shape. You know, 100%. they don't really care what their 5k time is. They just want to go out and run their local 5ks every weekend, right? Yeah. There's a lot of places that have park runs and other, you know, 5k events that you can pretty much during race season find one every single weekend. And there are people that just love doing that. And that's fantastic. You know, so we're not saying that any of this is right or wrong. You know, we're not putting any sort of judgment on it. All we're saying is that if you're only training your body, a lot of times what can happen is, you know, lack of progress or plateau. Like yes. you're, you're just not getting the results that you might want, but maybe you don't want them. Right. So I think that's all, it's all about, again, that goes back to the thoughts as well. Like it, what you actually want out of your training. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it, it, causes is you're almost forced to go back and think about if if you're enjoying this thing. Mm -hmm. It kind of bleeds a little bit into, it's tough to have the body only approach, but a lot of people have a body skills approach. They combine both of them mm -hmm. where they're training the body and the skills and they pretend again that the mind is not actually a component of this. I don't know if they're necessarily pretending yeah, that it's not. They just like don't realize how important it is. Yes. Like it's not, it's not like a conscious thing that like I'm just going to neglect my mind. Like it's just, it's like an, <laughs> it's like an unconscious like lack of awareness at how big of a role their mind plays in the whole thing. Yeah, that's probably a better way of looking at it. Right. It's I, like I don't think people are like consciously <laughs> trying to ignore it. 
Well, I mean, some people kind of like they they've heard the term of like mental training and the th- the idea that you know you have to focus beforehand. Yeah. The, the visualization, could, visualization stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I had a co- like my high school coach would try and run us through visualization before races. I've tried to do that with our cross country team before, and that was quite comical. It's diff- <laughs> it really depends on the the age of the person, how yeah. much their buy in is it into it. Like if you get a group that really buys in, visualization before a race is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, you're looking at a group of I mean he really he would pull the whole team in. So now we're looking at like seventy high school boys packed into a room with our coach trying to lead us through a guided visual meditation. Mm-hmm. That's not going well. Yeah. Like it's just, it, there was too many people that were screwing around in the middle of it. Anybody that was trying to pick up on it, wasn't going to get anything. Right. And then you look at like the leader on the team, you're like, is he paying attention? No. All right. Well, so it's probably not that important because he can run 15 flat for his 5k. Mm. Like you, you kind of want to make sure that you're surrounded by the people who are also invested in the whole idea that the mental training is important because it it is. And if you surround yourself with people that, you know, they'll acknowledge there's mental training, but they discount the the level of importance, you can very much skim by without diving into the importance of the mental aspect. Yeah, because I think that, like I said before, a lot of people think that, think that the mental aspect just comes along with the physical training. That's they, what I always thought. Right. They think that if I do the physical training, I will get mentally tougher. I will, I will develop these mental strategies just automatically as I do my training. That, that was what I was convinced of for yeah. a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. That running hard will make me mentally hard. Mm-hmm. Like running hard made my legs stronger. So obviously running hard will make my mind stronger. Right. And if you've ever been in a race and you've experienced that, um, that experience, experience mm-hmm. the experience, right? Where you are pushing and then like, all of a sudden your mind is just kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Like, why are we doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? Like, I know I've experienced that. Have you? Oh, 100%. I think most runners probably have at some point in time, right? Like, Yes, yeah, somewhere near like, the two mile mark of every 5k ever. Right, right. And it's just like, you just kind of like have this moment where your brain's like, really? This is what you want to do? And if you don't have something to give it, like if you don't have strategies to deal with that self-doubt that wants to creep in, a lot of times it becomes loud enough, right? Because it keeps getting louder and louder like that toddler we've talked about, right? If there's a toddler asking for a piece of candy in the grocery store aisle and you try to cover the toddler's mouth, what's going to happen? toddler's getting louder. That toddler's going to go ape bananas like ape bananas yes i'm trying to keep it pg or sure family friendly right but that that toddler's gonna go crazy it's gonna keep getting even louder and louder and louder right (laughs) and that's what your brain's going to do too until you're just like okay fine we'll slow down I am really just looking forward to using the term eight bananas on a regular <laughs> for the next like week and a half. Well, I mean, hey, that is one benefit of the podcast, just like new words pop up out of nowhere, right? So if you end up, you know, if you find yourself in this area where you're only really training the body and the skills, a lot of times what we see is that runners end up unsatisfied, right? You're putting in the work, but those results, even if you get the results that you want, like even if you hit those goals, they don't give you that lasting satisfaction that you look that you're looking for, right? You just like hit that goal and you're like, okay, now I'm on to the next goal. Like you're constantly seeking satisfaction from the attainment of a goal. 
And it really has nothing to do with the results that you're getting. Right, because the satisfaction is not ever really going to be there from the the number on a clock. And good, it's you're also not really ever going to optimize the number on the clock unless you really dive into it. Because mm-hmm. like you just pointed out, you're going to hit points in races yeah. where you're like, this is really hard and I'm going to choose to slow down now. Yeah. And now I'm going to take a walking break. And now I'm going to extend my walking mm-hmm. break. Like, you're going to make those choices unless right. you have ways of combating the thoughts in your head saying, this hurts, this is dumb, we should slow down. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of the work that we do with the mo- with the mental aspect of training is based on my study of um, Brooke Castillo's life coaching model, right? She has a, a model that she's created called the self-coaching model um, over at the Life Coach School, Brooke Castillo. She is amazing. And basically what she has taken, she's done is she's taken all of these universal principles that you'll read in like so many personal development books and put it into a very um, easy to use model where you can break it down. And basically the the concept is that the your results do not give you the feelings that you want in your life. We all think that they do, right? We all think that if I achieve this thing, if I achieve this goal, then I will feel a certain way. But in fact, it's not that way at all. It's actually the opposite. Your feelings actually cause you to take action in your life and then the actions you take create the results, right? So your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings drive your actions and then your actions give you whatever the results are in your life. So you actually have to feel confident first before you can do the thing. You actually have to feel tough first for you to actually push through the workout or to push through those tough spots of the race. And all of that, all of your feelings are based on the way that you're thinking. Right. You can't stand at the starting line going, man, I hope that I'm able to push through past the two mile mark and afterwards I'll be able to say, wow, look how tough I was. You got to stand on the starting line before it gets hard telling yourself, I'm a tough person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to push through this entire race because that's what I do as a tough runner. Right. Like do it right now, right? Like sit there, you know, if you're running, if you're driving, whatever you're doing right now, I want you to just take a, a moment to try these thoughts out for yourself. Like we'll just use the ones that you just came up with, right? The thought of, I hope I'm going to finish the race today, right? I really hope that I'm not going to feel like crap during this run, right? Like if that's the thought, how is that going to actually make you feel, right? It's going to make you feel like nervous or anxious or unsure of yourself, right? It kind of gives you that feeling of uncertainty. Right, that... that just the way you present it. It's hard to say those sentences without coming off a little bit of weak and apprehensive and nervous. Mm -hmm. And that's the feeling that comes from that thought, right? So if you're going into a race feeling uncertain, apprehensive, nervous, then at the first sign of like an ache or a pain or the race not feeling great, what are you going to do? Oh, look, that's proof right? That's proof that something's going wrong here. So you're probably going to slow down. You're probably not going to keep pushing as hard as you would, right? Versus going into it with the thought of, I'm going to freaking crush this race, right? Like I am strong, I am prepared, and I'm ready to go. Like the feeling that comes from those types of thoughts, right? You're, you're confident. You're in control. You feel ready to go. You're excited. You've got that adrenaline pumping, right? From that place of feeling strong and confident and prepared, 
how are you going to show up in that race? Like, what are your actions going to be? You're going to be able to go out there and run harder. You're going to be able to push through when it gets hard because you've already told yourself that you're strong, that you're prepared, that you're tougher than any obstacle that might pop up in your way. And then when you push through and actually do those things, you're going to get the results that you want. And that then leads to the reinforcement of the thought in the first place. Correct. So your mental skills, your mental thoughts, this is really the cornerstone on which everything else gets built. 100%. Okay. Starting with your mind gives you control over the rest of it. When you went back and we looked at like, you know, the body and the skills, the plan's in charge. Your excuses are in charge. You're literally giving control to all external situations. If you can't follow a plan or whatever the, the issue is... It just, it allows you to point to other things that are causing the results, but nothing else is causing the results. You are, you are actually in charge. And when you understand that you take control from the mental aspect, then you take control of everything. Right. Because the way that you think about running, the way that you think about your health, your body, your abilities that is what is going to determine what is possible for you, okay? The way you think about running, your health, your body, and your abilities will determine what's possible for you, okay? You have to believe it first, right? There's the saying, believe to achieve, right? Belief must come first. You have to believe at least in the possibility of the outcome. Yes. Right? Like maybe you're still a little unsure and you're like, "Eh, I'm not quite sure, but I believe that this is possible. Like you might not believe that it's a hundred percent certain. Maybe it's, that's too far of a jump for you for whatever goal, you know, you might have, but you have to at least believe that it's possible or you're not going to put the work in to get there. Right. The, the possibility is, is a hundred percent required. And we've done plenty of episodes on on coming up with goals and making sure that your goals are big enough. We have our kids at the beginning of every cross-country season write down their goals for the season. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see who dreams big yeah. and who sets the bar just slightly higher than they're currently at. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your 5K PR? 25-15. What's your goal over the next three months? To break 25 minutes. Right. Like, well, okay, but what's your goal next week then? Like that's yeah. not that huge of a jump having, ha- having a bigger belief. And by putting your goal, if you're at 25, 15 and your goal is break 25, unless you're fully prepared to just keep adding new goals onto mm-hmm. it, you're basically going to say, I don't have to train any harder. I don't have to push myself. If I just kind of stick with this plan, just keep doing what I've genuinely been doing, I'll probably be able to drop those 15 seconds. Whereas if you put a bigger goal out there and actually believe that it's possible, now you're going to push yourself a whole lot more to try to get to the bigger goal. Well, because you have to transform the person that you are, right? The the version of you that is running, we'll just continue with this example, 2515, and the version of you that's able to run 21 minutes are two different people, yes. right? They train at different levels, they have different different mental strategies, they have different physical abilities, and so change is scary, right? Like it's scary to think of ourselves in different in up-leveled ways a lot of times. But It's necessary for transformation. We have to set big goals because those big goals will help to drive us. And we have to believe that those big goals are possible so that we'll actually do that work to start transforming ourselves into the person that we want to become. Yeah, the big goal helps really drive that transformation. Otherwise, you just kind of keep floating around roughly where you're at because Mm -hmm. you don't need a giant transformation if your goal Mm -hmm. is 
roughly where you already are. Right. Because like every day that you go out and run, there's so much, so much more than just physical challenges, right? You, you need to start thinking differently, right? That is what this mental component is that we're talking about. It's about thinking about your running, your body, your health, your abilities, all the things I mentioned earlier differently, right? So if you go out and run and you find that that's a, a physically challenging day for you, don't just say, oh God, that workout sucked, right? Like, cause you can, <laughs> totally do that you can just like write it off and be like that workout sucked my body felt like garbage like just forget it you know like I'm glad that's done with or you can look at it and say okay what can I learn from this right like how did I feel what during this workout like you could really start to dig deep about your feelings and what you were thinking and like how did I fuel for this workout like did I get enough sleep is there a lot of other stress in my life like what else is there that can be improved or adjusted? Like what can explain why this workout didn't go so well so that I know how I can improve it for next time and actually continue to progress and get better? Yeah, is is finishing a workout and then realizing that, well, the the physical aspect, the running component, the lifting, the mobility, whatever the, the aspect was that you were training there is done, the mental aspect is really just getting warmed up. Yeah. Like, sure, there was some mental aspect during the thing, but afterwards is when you can start putting all those questions out there. And you can start the questions during the activity, of course, but finishing it and then asking questions. People sometimes do this after like a race, a big race. They'll look back and reflect. They'll kind yeah. of break down what happened in the race. What if you did this on just daily runs? Mm -hmm. What if you go out on like your normal, I don't know, 30 minute run and you finish it and you're like, hmm, how did I actually feel on that one? Rather than, okay, done with that. What's the next thing on my calendar? What's the next thing I need to do during the day? What if you actually spend some time somewhere near where you finish that workout thinking about that workout just a little bit give it some thought ask some questions about the workout and write it down you know this is the beauty of keeping a running journal like it doesn't have to be anything crazy like there are apps now that you can use you can actually use just a paper notebook and actually just write down a couple thoughts like you can literally just write down like the the route that you went on how you felt how hard it felt and then just like some thoughts and observations about that workout. Like, hey, that went really well today. Like, I really enjoyed the fueling strategy that I used, whatever it might be. Or that workout didn't go so well. I need to make sure I get more sleep the night before a harder workout next time, right? Like, just taking those um, reflections and writing them down and just spending five minutes after your workout to think about it can lead to huge, like, leaps and bounds of improvements in your running life. Yeah, no, 100%. And when you lead with the mind instead of leading with the, the skills, leading with the body, when you lead with the mind, then when you've got a rough patch in your training, the mind helps you decide whether this is a rough patch that I can push through, this is a rough patch that I need to pull back because it it doesn't say that the training plan is an absolute carved in stone, this is what I have to do. It's a guideline mm -hmm. and it says, okay, this week is important. I've got these other stresses in my life, but I know that this training week is really important to me. So I'm going to push through in this, in this week or the other, you know, maybe my race is several months away. I'm going to pull back right now and make sure that I'm physically getting enough sleep, that I'm taking care of my body because I need to do that for the longevity of my running. Like sure. Then you're, you're able to lean into that healthy aspect that we talked about earlier, 
but there's still an overall push towards you know improving your your running ability just generally getting faster you're not locked into a plan you can lean back on the big picture of health but there's still a plan that's kind of guiding things but you're able to pull back and look at it from the mind's bigger point of view right and this is you know the the job of our prefrontal cortex right there are really two main parts of our brain and this these are not like the most scientific terms but terms, but essentially there's our prefrontal cortex, which is the more highly evolved decision-making aspect of our brain where we can actually think and actually think about our thinking, right? Like that's part of the coolest part of the human brain is we can actually have thoughts about our thoughts and analyze our thoughts, which is amazing. And then there's the primal brain that just is really wired for survival and pleasure and reproduction essentially, right? And so what happens is when you use your prefrontal cortex to make the plan, right? To choose the plan ahead of time, to make these decisions ahead of time. Then when it comes down to the moment where you actually have to do it, and your primal brain is saying, no, we want to stay in bed, you can be like, yeah, no, we're doing this, right? Like we've already made this decision. I've already weighed all of the options. So I'm using my brain, the higher level decision-making part of my brain to override that primal part of my brain that doesn't want to do anything that's difficult, that wants to stay inside the cave and stay in that comfort <laughs> and just watch Netflix, right? And not venture out to like do the new things. Right, like the modern aspect of staying inside the cave because it's safer is clearly the couch or or bed if, right. you, if you're an early morning runner. Exactly. And this is why it's so important for you to have control over your thoughts, right? Like at least in the planning process, at least in the, you know, even in the execution process, sometimes you need it and sometimes you don't, right? Because like there are those times where we all, I'm sure every runner has gone out for a run and just needed not to think about anything, right? Like using running as a way to clear your head is definitely an important thing that a lot of people use running for, right? So we're not saying that you have to be like mentally focused on every single run and completely analyzing your thoughts and your feelings and all of these things on every single run. Like that's just going to be overwhelming, right? That's going to let you, that's going to lead to you probably not wanting to do any of this work in the in, at all right yeah no i don't i don't want to go out for a run because i don't a... want to think about how it feels right <laughs> I, sometimes i just want to go out for a run just to go out for a run and that's awesome yes like i don't have to tap into my feelings every single time afterwards and deeply analyze what that what that made me feel as a, right. as a bigger person yeah and sometimes it's really good to tap into that right like th there's and this is why we talk about this three-legged stool, right? There are some times where, like, the mind is the cornerstone, right? Like, you have to it, – it's the one that's getting you to do all of the things that you're doing, right? That's creating the plan. That's giving you the bigger why. That's even motivating you to go out and run in the first place, right? Your brain is in control of all that. But there are some times where you just don't want to think about it too much. And so then your body and your skills take over, and that's totally cool. The issue is – when that continues to happen time after time after time and the mind is just not really involved at all. At this point, you've basically gone on autopilot. You're running because that's what you do. And now it's Tuesday and you've got a strength day or it's Sunday and you've got a long run and it's just what you do. Day upon day, just mindlessly doing the thing will eventually start feeling stale. The joy from running starts getting sucked out of it because you're never tapping into it. It's just a thing that you do. It's part of, the, part of your schedule and routine, but there's no more... 
I don't know, intrigue, no questions around it. There's just not a lot to it. It's a very flat experience. Right, and I think that this is where a lot of runners start looking for that motivation, right? Because they want to start feeling again. Like yes. they want, they're like, this is boring or like this is overwhelming or I'm confused. Why am I not progressing? I'm still putting in the work. And this is showing you that like you can still put in the work, but if you don't have the right mindset behind it, then even if you are putting in the work and you're not going to get the results that you want, right? Because you don't have the right thoughts that, that are driving that work. So you may or may not be performing at the correct intensity. And that could mean you're pushing too hard. It could also mean that you're going too easy. Like it could be both, right? And those people that are pushing too hard often end up injured. And those people that don't go hard enough and that are just going easy all the time often end up plateauing and not getting the results that they want. Right. And confused because they're working out all the time, but they're not mm-hmm. actually progressing anywhere. Right. Because there was no mindfulness around that training, right? There was maybe no plan. People that don't train with a plan, that don't take the time to like set the goal and plan it out and then understand how all the components work together, they end up not getting the results even though they're working out all the time and they just end up frustrated and confused. Right. So like you point out, you bring some mindfulness to this and you can ultimately run and train in whatever way you want. Yeah. It'll just bring a whole heck of a lot more satisfaction if you give it some thought beforehand of Mm -hmm. this is the way that I want to train because this is the way that I can train that will make me feel good and feel satisfied and feel happy and joyful. Right, exactly. So we will be covering all of this and more next week in our five-day running challenge. Okay, we get we dive into mind, body, and skills. We help you understand how all three play a critical role and then what you can start doing to start training these things in your running journey. So again, over at 5dayrunningchallenge.com. Join us next week. September 27th is the day that we're kicking all of this off. But if you, you know, are listening to this on like Tuesday or Wednesday, you can still jump into that challenge and join us. Also true. Yeah. And we're going to be going live. We have a special dedicated Facebook group just for the five day challenge. We're going to be going live in there um, throughout the week to support you guys, to answer any questions, to help walk you through all of this so that you have a clear understanding of how these three components really play in. And again, how the mind is really the cornerstone of all three. Yes. The five day challenge is always, always a good time. Yeah, for sure. So guys, thank you you so much for joining us today this has been the real life runners podcast episode number 218 now get out there and run your life hey if you enjoy listening to this podcast you have to come check out the real life runners training team it's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material we apply it and we take it to the next level We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.